0: and we are now on the uh nature of angels part 3 and linda if i i need a i need one of my notes i thought i had one but i don't so if you have come today it, did everybody receive uh, an outline please don't let it scare you i've got a lot of stuff on there but uh, i want you to be able to follow along not only follow along but also to be able to study this after i 'm done, I want to give you a lot of a lot of scripture because there's th- this kind of shows you how much there is in the Word of God about angels, and I want us to understand that uh, they're still active today. the Bible says that God has sent them forth as ministering spirits amen, and so far we've acquired some general information uh, about angels, but I want us to continue on some of these specifics on the nature of angels. This will conclude the nature of angels aspect of our angel series. We're still going to be on this series uh, after Easter, but I want you to notice that uh, we're on point seven, so if you have not been here and you don't have the other outlines and you do want them, let me know and and I can make sure those get to you. Uh, But the seventh thing that I want us to look at on the nature of angels, and I've titled this The Nature of Angels Part Three, is that angels are similar to men. In fact, some places in Scripture it says there were two men. Uh, Lot, we're going to look at that here in just a little bit, but in Genesis chapter 19, it talks about the two men. Well we know that they're angels, but they look like men. So they're 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 similar to men in 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 appearance. So the Bible reveals that Angels have a three-part nature, and it consists of the body, of the soul, and of a spirit and all the faculties that are associated with each of those. So, I want you to, uh, to understand that there are times when they will wield swords. Sometimes you've seen an angel. In fact, when God kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden, there was an angel guarding the entrance with a sword. So they would not go back and eat of the tree of life. Uh, they can be bound in chains. They can be confined to material places. Scripture shows that they, have, they ride horses. Uh, they drive chariots. They can be in material places. Um, and we've also seen that they have, we'll see that they have passion. They have feelings, they have desires, uh, they have minds to think with, they have body parts to to do things with, and uh, so let's just dig right in. This number eight angels have spirit bodies, and I want you to see some of these uh, scriptures. They have always appeared in scripture as men. Contrary, I am not trying to be a, a sexist on this. I am just, I just want to be biblical. Um, you know, it's it. At Christmas time, you will, find that you will be hard-pressed to find an angel to put on top of your tree that is male. But everywhere in Scripture, angels are male. They're men. And again, I'm not trying to be sexist. I'm just trying to explain to you what the Bible talks about. And for some reason, uh, they're portrayed in art and literature a lot of times as, as women. Never do I find it in Scripture. So I just want you to understand that. Uh, they're also not, you know, little fat little babies like, uh, what's the Valentine guy, Cupid? You know, like a fat little baby with the bow and arrow. They're that's no, they're not fat little babies. They are, they're like men, and the Bible says um, when God was going to destroy Sodom, in Genesis chapter nineteen, look at it in verse two, the the Bible says that He said, "Now behold, my lords, this is Lot speaking to these two men." angels. It says, please turn aside into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, however, no, but we shall spend the night in the square. So they have feet. Now look it over now in verse 10, and you'll see that they have hands. The Bible says, but the men, speaking of the angels, reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door when all the sodomites, the men who wanted to to violate Lot sexually, they took and brought Lot in the house and shut the door, and actually blinded the eyes of all those sodomites outside the door. So they have feet, they have hands, and in first Timothy chapter three, and verse sixteen. It says, by common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. He who was revealed in the flesh, he was vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. So if he was seen by angels, then angels must have eyes. Amen? So their bodies, not only that, but has, their bodies have been seen in Scripture, in the Old Testament, and in the New Testament, by men of God. Now, I want to take you through some of these things. I want you to see, uh, we just looked a little bit there at chapter 19. This is where the two angels that God sent to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah were sent, and first of all, spoke to Lot, and both Lot and the Sodomites saw these angels they all saw them, and they, they, these were the angels that came to bring God's judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah, and oftentimes that's what God does. He sends angels, and you'll see this even in the book of Revelation, to send judgment upon mankind, and so uh, Lot sees the bodies of an angel. Jacob, when you go into Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 12, in a dream, we've all heard of Jacob's ladder, right? Jacob sees these angels ascending and descending on a ladder to heaven, so he sees angels there. David, in 2 Samuel 24, in 1 Chronicles chapter uh, 21 and verse 16, when he, he had numbered Israel, and when he numbered Israel, God was angry with him. And the Bible says that, that uh, God sent an angel and he began to administer a judgment of pestilence upon the children of Israel because of David's uh, violating what God didn't want to have happen. And when, when David's eyes are open, the Bible says David lifted up his eyes. And he saw the angel of the Lord stand between the earth and heaven, having a drawn sword in his hand, and it was stretched out over Jerusalem. So you can see this. There's a lot of things we've already looked at just this morning that are all right in this verse, Uh, holding a sword with his hand, putting judgment upon Israel. And uh, by the way, before it was all done, 70,000 men of Israel fell that day. Before it was all done, because what David did, David's disobedience causes the death of his own people. That will tell you something about a leader's disobedience. Um, Ornan. Now, this was in the same. This is in the same. Uh, the same scripture that 1 Chronicles chapter twenty-one, verse sixteen. That Ornan, while he's threshing wheat, he actually sees the same angel. That David sees, same occasion. You go on further and you'll see that uh, Elijah uh, saw an angel. Let's go ahead and look at those verses. Actually, this angel is actually a cook, it's a chef. Watch verses five through seven. He lay down and he slept. Now, let me, let me set, let me, before I do this, let me kind of set the stage. Elijah has just come from Mount Carmel after defeating the prophets of Baal, and the prophets of Asherah. And God consumes the sacrifice and licks up the water and and consumes the stones. Talk about a hot fire. So he just came off of this major power uh, experience with God. And Jezebel says, I'm going to make your life like one of them. And he runs, and he's afraid. And yet God says... To one of his angels, go and take care of my boy. Now watch this. Elijah laid down, and he slept under a juniper tree. And behold, there was an angel touching him. And he said to him, the angel said to him, arise, eat. Now watch this. Then he looked, and behold, there was at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank, and he laid down again. So angels know how to at least make bread. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. Isn't that awesome? Now, he passes off the baton to another prophet named Elisha. In fact, Elijah, when he leaves the earth, he leaves the earth with angels. The chariots of fire take him up to heaven, so angels help him get to heaven. And... uh a lot of times, theologians believe that when we go to heaven, we're also ushered into the presence of God with angels. It might be the time we get to see our guardian angels. Amen? So, Elisha, he knows God has taken care of things, and I've already talked to you about this, so we're, we're uh, well, we'll go ahead and look at these verses, verses 15 through 17 in 2 Kings chapter 6. In answer to Elisha's prayer, uh, his servant begins to see what he knows. Watch this. Now, when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. Now, this was natural man, horses and chariots of of humans. And they were circling the city, and his servant said to him, to Elisha, Alas, my master, what are we going to do? What shall we do? So Elisha answered, and he said, What we're going to do is... Do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And may I again remind you that when the angels uh, rebelled with Satan, Satan only got one third of all the angels. So God still has two thirds of all the angels he created. So there's still more with us than there are with them. Can you say amen? So then Elisha prayed and he said, O oh Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And that's what we've got to do today is just, Lord, let my eyes be open so I can see what's going on in the spirit realm. Amen? And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw. Everybody say, he saw. And what did he see? The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. Everybody say, fire. His ministering spirits are like flames of fire, and they were all around Elisha. Today in this room, man, if we could see, if I could look out and see the angels that are around you today, they're awesome, not to be worshiped, but they are awesome in power. Amen. Now the prophet Micaiah, I need to keep on going. In 2nd Chronicles chapter 18 in verse 18, notice what it says. Micaiah said, "Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven was standing on his right and on his left." He even, he gets to see the whole army. Talk about awesome. Now, we've already talked about Isaiah, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on him, but in Isaiah 6, he sees both. Not only does he see, but he hears the seraphim above the Lord's throne. They're crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And he sees them, and there are six wings. Two, they cover their face. Two, they cover their feet. Two, they fly. Amen? I mean, if you think two wings are good, six wings are better. Amen? (laughs) Amen? Ezekiel, he sees, he hears, he interacts with with cherubim in in Ezekiel chapter 1 and Ezekiel chapter 8 and in Ezekiel chapter 10. We're going to look at that in just a little bit. But man, if you want a good read this afternoon, you don't need to watch a movie. Read the Bible. You'll see, man, it'll be like a movie picture coming into your mind when you'll see what Ezekiel saw and you'll see those wheels within a wheel and they move wherever the Spirit of God moves them and directs them. They're obedient to God, church. Daniel, Daniel knew the Lord had sent an angel to shut the mouth of the lion. Look at this in Daniel 6, 22. The Bible says, My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me inasmuch as I was found innocent before him. And also toward you, O king, I have committed no crime. Now, how many of you know he got off better than the guys that accused him? Because they didn't get no angel. In fact, before they even hit the bottom, their bones were crushed by those lions. Same lions. In Daniel 9 and verse 21, Uh, He was visited on many occasions while I was still speaking in prayer. How many have heard about Gabriel before? We already talked about him with Mary. We already talked about him with Zacharias before John the Baptist was to come to Zacharias, before Jesus was to be coming to Mary. It was Gabriel, the archangel of the messenger angels that was sent to the... He's been active in the Old Testament, too. This dude's old. See, while I was still speaking in prayer, then the man... The man... We know he's an angel, but he looks like a man. The man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision previously, came to me in my extreme weariness about the time of the evening offering. Now, I've given you other scriptures there in Daniel for you to look at. Now, Zechariah in the Old Testament, he also saw and spoke with angels. Look at chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It says, then I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, there was a man with a measuring line in his hand. And I said, where are you going? And he said to me to measure Jerusalem to see how wide it is and how long it is. And I behold, and behold, the angel who was speaking with me was going out, and another angel was coming out to meet him. So this guy's just, I mean, this is just activity. This is Old Testament, folks. Well, they're also found in the New Testament. Let's keep on looking. Zacharias, Now I've already talked to you about this, so we're not going to go into detail about it, but Gabriel, that same angel that appeared to Daniel, appeared to Zacharias while he was administering his priestly duties in the temple and brought the prophetic message that his wife Elizabeth was going to have a son, and he was to name him John. So Gabriel came announcing the one who was going to be the forerunner of Christ. Same angel went to Mary. Now, Zacharias didn't believe him, and he was mute. He couldn't talk until the baby was born. And after the baby was born, he's like, yep, his name's going to be John. He learned a little bit of a lesson there. Now, Mary, she's just a teenager. When Gabriel comes to her and says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and you're going to have the Son of God. And she says, let it be done unto me just as you have said. Amen? Amen. So Mary sees, Zacharias sees, Mary sees, Joseph actually after it's all said and done, watch this in Matthew 1, how many of you know if you're engaged to a girl and she says, hey, I'm going to be pregnant, but God's God's, it's God's a baby. <laughs> it, it, it's, not a, it's not another man's baby. You're gonna, uh, guys, wouldn't you go, hmm, yeah, it didn't work that way. It did that way. Now Watch. But when he had considered this, J- Joseph was going to put her away. Joseph was going to divorce her because that's literally what it would take to get out of an engagement. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child who has been, who is being conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Slip over to Matthew ch- chapter 2 and verse 13. There's a second appearance. Of an angel and warns him to take Mary and Jesus to Egypt. Now, when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. And what did they do? They got up and they went to Egypt. You go a little further down in Matthew chapter 2, look at verses 19 through 20. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph again in Egypt. And then he said this. He said, get up, take the child and his mother, go into Israel, because those who sought to seek it the, the, the life of the child are dead. Now, notice with Joseph, he sees him in a dream. You can see him in a dream. You can see him in real, in, in real life. Okay, we all know about the shepherds, right? When Jesus was born, I talked to you about that. A host of a heavenly host comes, and they began to sing. When Jesus is uh, resurrected from the tomb, we find that the women that were at the tomb in Matthew chapter twenty-eight, they saw the angels at the empty tomb. The disciples in Acts chapter one, verses ten and eleven, I told you about last week. When they're watching Jesus ascend, there were two men there in white clothing saying, "Why are you looking up there?" The same one that came this, the left that way is going to come again the same way, and those were angels of God. Uh, Peter and John. When you look uh, a little bit further on in the book of uh, Acts, chapter twelve, uh, or Acts chapter five, rather. There's, I don't know that I have that there for you. Do I have that? Yeah, I don't think I put that in there. But they're taken out of prison in Acts chapter 5. Mark this down, Acts 5, 19 through 20. Watch this. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the gates of the prison, and taking them out, he said, Go stand and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life. Philip, one of the deacons, uh, he, it was an angel that directed him to head toward Gaza so he would be in the path of this Ethiopian eunuch that he brought to the Lord. And church, when he brought that Ethiopian eunuch to the Lord, guess what happened? The gospel went to Ethiopia. Yeah, watch this. The Bible says... Uh, Or no, I don't don't have that up there. Do I have that? Yeah, I have that. Acts chapter 8 and verse 26. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. But he was directed by an angel to go and do this. I've already talked to you about Cornelius and peter how god sent an angel there was an angelic visitation that cornelius had and it thrust people what happened there is it thrust peter into the ministry of going to the gentile amen literally the enemy he was a roman centurion he was over a hundred men and uh Paul is visited at night in the midst of a storm at sea as they're taking him to Rome. Watch this in Acts 27. Are you still with me? Verses 21 through 25. I've got a lot of Scripture, so I'm going to have to keep speeding this up. But when they had gone a long time without food, then Paul stood up in their midst and he said, Men, you ought to have followed my advice and not to have set sail from Crete and incurred this damage and loss. Yet now I urge you to keep up your courage, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Well, now, Paul, how do you know that? For this very night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood before me, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who are sailing with you, Therefore, keep up your courage, men, for I believe God that it will turn out exactly as I have been told. Angels don't lie. They're obedient. Amen? John, the apostle, the one who lived the longest, died, the only one that died of natural causes, he saw angels while he was on the Isle of Patmos. Look at Revelation five two. It says this, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals. Strong angel. Look at chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth so that no wind would blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. You don't want to be here. You don't want to be here after the rapture. not going to be fun. not going to be a good time. Now look at chapter 14 and verse 6. It also says and i saw another angel flying in mid heaven having an eternal gospel to preach to those who live on the earth and to every nation and tribe and tongue and people so here we've got activity of angels in the old testament they've got bodies bodies were seen by each of those old testament and new testament men of god now i want you to also know that they have souls on the back side of your your sheet they have souls in addition to their bodily attributes they have and demonstrate the faculties that are associated with souls. They worship. Watch this in Revelation chapter 5. This is in the King James Version. And I beheld and I heard the voice, verse 11, of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. How do they praise? Silently? Quietly? No, it's with a loud voice. Get used to the loudness because it's going to be loud worship in heaven. Amen? And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them Heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Do you want to see him at, at creation? Look at Job chapter 38, verses 4 through 7. When God answers Job, he says to Job, Where were you? When I laid the foundation of the earth, tell me if you have understanding. Now, he's going to get some detail here. Watch this. Who set its measurements since you know? Or who stretched the line on it? Now, watch this one. On what were its bases sunk? Aren't we just floating out here in the universe? Or who laid its cornerstone? Here it is. When the morning stars Sing together. What is that? Is that Venus and Jupiter and Mars? What? No, those are angels. The morning stars sing together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. We're talking about angels here. Morning stars is also one of their names. Amen. Remember that one angel I talked about last week? It fell like a star, and it's fast. Stars when they fall, they're quick. Amen. Um, and I want you to understand something. Not only are they joyful in worship, but they have wrath in judgment. All you got to do is look at 2 Samuel 24. Look at 1 Chronicles chapter 21. We've already talked about this a little bit. When the uh, Sennacherib sent his armies out to Israel, and God sent one angel. One angel destroyed 185,000 men with one swipe of his hand. Wrath in judgment. Why wrath in judgment? Because they wouldn't change. And they were messing with what God had. They were messing with God's people. I want to tell you something. You begin to mess with God's people, God's angels going to be around there. Amen? He's watching over you. Angels are watching over us today. Can you say amen to that? So, I just can't imagine, uh, you know, these angels standing around emotionless, When they show up as flames of fire, look at this scripture in Second Thessalonians. I've, 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 uh, I've uh, shared this with you before, but watch this. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. In flaming fire, that's how they're going to show up. Taking vengeance, still speaking of his angels. On them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You, you begin to ask, well, Lord, when is it all going to happen? That day. God's got a day. God's got a day where He's going to judge the world. God's got a whole book of Revelation to show us what's going to happen. And it is judgment. And I'll tell you, those who think the church is going to go through that, man, you need to read it again. The Bible talks about so many times, be, pray that you be worthy. To escape all of these things. It's not the, the rapture or the, the book of Revelation and all that judgment. It's not for the church. It's not for the people of God to go through. It's, it's, it's to judge the world. Amen. And to get the Israelites, to get the Jews back to God. Amen. Whew. Angels have desires. Look at this in 1 Peter 1 and verse... 12. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, in which things the angels desire to look into. In fact, here's, this is what it's saying angels long to look into salvation, Th- they're enamored with what God has done to bring mankind to himself. Do you know that God did not have any other plan except that Jesus would be crucified upon the cross? The Bible says from the foundation of the world he was slain. God already had the plan because he knew what man was going to do. He already had the plan that Jesus, Jesus, his own son, was going to come to this earth as a human. And Jesus did that very thing. Amen. Man, there's so much, there's so much here. But I want you to see that not only do they have, not only do they have uh, holy desires, they have evil desires. You say, well, now wait, Pastor, how can an angel have evil desires? One-third of them fell with the devil. Now listen to what the Bible says. Again, I love Isaiah. Watch what he says here, um, 14. Isaiah chapter 14. Do I have that? Yeah. Now, I want you to uh, just listen to how many I wills. Now, if you say, I will, that means you have a will. That means you have a desire. Now, this is speaking of Lucifer, who was the archangel of worship so he was always around this worship. He was always elevating God. And it came up in his heart one day. He was like, man, I want to, uh, you know, I'm a pretty good looking guy. I, I'd, like to, I'd like to have some of that. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the earth, which didst weaken the nations? Next verse. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, the angels of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Angels have a will. Angels have desires. And those desires became Evil. When you look at Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, some of those fallen angels, the Bible says it came to pass when man began to multiply upon the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them. Now, watch this that the sons of God, the angels, saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them, wives of all which they chose. Pastor, what does that mean? Physically. Just as a man and a woman, physically. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. And verse 4 says, There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that. Why? When the sons of God came in to the daughters of men, they bore children to them, and those children... The same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. How did the giants get on the land through angels and human women cohabitating now see there's a scripture that people will and that, and it gets it gets so mis misdiagnosed misinterpreted, and it was the question about well now. Whose wife is she going to be in the resurrection? And Jesus said, you don't understand it. In heaven, men will not marry or give in marriage, but will be like the angels. And I cannot tell you how many theologians and how many people have said, well, that means we're going to be sexless. Really? Then what do we do with Genesis 6? Are you with me? How can angels come to men's daughters and create a race of giants if they're not sexual? What Jesus was saying is we're going to be like angels in that we're not going to marry or, given marriage, have babies in heaven. Amen? That's the way we'll be like angels. But you're, if you're a man, you'll always be a man. Well, I need to say this in this day and hour. If you're a woman, you'll always be a woman. Even after the resurrection, is Jesus still a man? Fully man. You don't become sexless. So I just want you to understand that. They also have holy... Desires. Watch this in Matthew chapter 25. On This is a little more positive note. Those angels who have not rebelled are called holy angels, Matthew 25, 31. When the Son of Man will come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He shall sit upon the throne of His glory. So we, have, uh, we see that angels have holy desires. We also see that angels have spirits. They have souls. They have a will. We've seen that in Isaiah 14. They have intelligence. The enemy, the Bible says, is crafty. He's got to have intelligence to come up with lies that sound like truth. How many of you know you've got to be smart to lie? How many of you know some dumb liars? You can see that and you can figure it out. But a smart liar, sometimes they're, they're hard to detect. They can communicate. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, in verse 1, that Paul says that angels have a language all their own. He says that distinguishes between the tongues of men and of angels. We can pray in the Holy Ghost, and sometimes it's with the tongues of men, but sometimes it's in the tongues of angels. Sometimes you may hear somebody praying in the Spirit, and it's like, man, that doesn't sound like any language I've ever, ever, ever heard. It's probably an angelic language. Amen? Boy, I'm telling you, isn't this good stuff? I'll tell you, it just makes me want to just keep... I love studying, though. So, uh, now we looked last week at this next one, but obedience. But I want to look at this again in chapter 103 of, uh, of Psalm. Psalm 103, verse 20. David said, Bless the Lord. You, his angels, that excel in strength and do his commandments, hearkening unto the word or the voice of his word. In other words, they snap to attention when they hear God, and they just do what he says to do. I mean, Gabriel was sent with a message, and he came to Mary, and he came to Zacharias, he got one response from Zach, and he got one one response from Mary. I want to be Mary. I want to be like Mary. I want to be just whatever you say, Lord. But how many of you know, it wasn't easy what Mary had to go through. The very idea as as messengers, God using angels as messengers, implies the idea of obedience to the one who sent them. So it it is for a good reason they're called holy angels. Now let me close this off. Scripture teaches us that angels are supernatural. They're very similar to us. They have bodies, souls, and spirits, but they, that's where our similarities end. They are more powerful than us. I already told you that last week. But all these, all these encounters, though frequently encountered, they were mistaken for men. They were even called men. But the Bible is quite clear that angels are not natural. They are supernatural. Men certainly aren't capable of ascending and descending between heaven uh, through a ladder like those angels did. Amen? Amen. They are also ministering spirits. I've also told you about that. We find that in Psalm 104, in verse 4. The Bible says, God maketh his angels spirits, his ministers, a flaming fire. That's why I believe on the day of Pentecost, it's very possible those angels were what people were seeing. That was that tongues of the Holy Spirit that was all over them. Boom, just (laughs) read Ezekiel today. You'll love it. I mean, fire is all over the place there, fire and lightning and just power. So, angels, because they're spiritual, supernatural beings, they're also immortal. They cannot die. Did you know one day Satan, Lucifer, and all the angels that fell with him will be in the lake of fire that burneth with fire and brimstone? And their torment, they'll feel it. So that we know that they can feel in their bodies. They're going to be tormented day and night, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Um, look at Luke chapter 20, verses 34 through 36. Jesus answered and said unto them, The children of this world marry and are given in marriage. And I talked about this a little bit but they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage neither can they die anymore for they are equal unto angels or just like angels and are the children of god being the children of the resurrection so what we're finding there is once we get to heaven we're going to be immortal our bodies are going to be changed Now, the last thing I want to do is leave you with this. I want you to see that angels are glorious. Again, let me reiterate, they're never to be worshiped. But what they emanate is what they're around, the glory of God. When an angel of the Lord came to the shepherds to announce the birth of Christ, the Bible says that the glory of the Lord shone round about them. Now, glory is significantly associated with with the presence of God. The word glory in the Old Testament is the word kabod. Do you remember the name Ichabod? This place shall be called Ichabod. That means the glory's not there anymore. The glory has departed. You don't want to be in Ichabod. You want, to be, you want to know the kabod of God. You want the glory of God. And they are consumed. They are in that. And on the morning of the resurrection, the Bible says, Matthew says, that there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord had descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance, watch this, was like lightning and his raiment was white like snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. In Revelation 18.1, John tells of seeing an angel come down from heaven having great power, and the earth was lightened. It was lit up with that angel's glory. No wonder Psalm 104 and verse 4 declare that God's angelic ministers are flaming fire. And so, While we see that angels are similar to men, in many respects they are nevertheless supernatural beings whose majestic appearance occasionally required, often required the word fear not. So church, listen to me. If God's angels tell us to fear not, Jesus tells us to fear not, how many think, We should fear not. Even if an evil spirit comes into the room, fear not. Because God says, I've given you authority over them. I have given you authority over serpents and scorpions and over every evil thing. And God has sent his angels to give us help in time of need. God sent them to Jesus when he was in the garden. God sent them to Jesus after he'd been tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. God sent them to Elijah when he wanted to kill himself and strengthened him, touched him, baked him bread, gave him water, ministered to him. And they are real. And I'm telling you, church, God just wants us as a church in this day and hour to not only be aware of this, but to activate the angels. Activate the angels on behalf of your family. Activate the angels on behalf of your church. When you leave in the morning time, you should pray, God, let your angels surround me. Let me be be impervious to the things of the world. How many of you believe that the Lord will do that? You know, I believe sometimes we, Jesus even said this, why do we not have what we what we need. Jesus said, you don't have because you don't ask. It's simply as easy as asking God. Protection. Lord, protect my washing machine. Protect my car. Protect my tires. God, I got to go through a bunch of glass from this accident that just happened in front of me. Protect my tires. Do you think God can do that? Do you think his angels could just go? Or just make your tires impervious? God has that ability. God has that power. Well, I could preach all day, but I won't. I love you guys. I hope you're getting something out of this because I tell you what I am. I'm enjoying this. And I know that the, the, the spirit the spirit of man is willing, but sometimes our flesh is weak. And what we've got to do is we've got to get our mind back in the game. Amen? We've just got to keep our mind on God's, th- on God's things. Amen. Let's bow in prayer today. Father, I just pray over this body and those that are watching and listening online today. Lord, I pray that your presence will be among us. I pray, Lord Jesus, that angels will be activated on behalf of your people. And, Father, I pray that as we learn about angels, the nature of angels, that, Father, we would continue to just draw nearer and nearer unto you, aware that there's more with us than there are with the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Love you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.